morning, Mr. Phelps. The man you're looking at is Alexander Golitsyn, an attaché at our embassy in Prague. He is also a traitor. He has stolen one half of a CIA knock list, a record of all our deep cover agents working in Eastern Europe. For security reasons, the knock list is divided in two. The portion that Golitsyn already has contains code names, but this half is useless without its mate, which matches the code names with their true names. It is this half which Golitsyn plans to steal from the embassy during a reception tomorrow night. Your mission, Jim, should you choose to accept it, is to obtain photographic proof of the theft, shadow Galitzin to his buyer, and apprehend them both. I've already dispatched a team selected from your usual group. Sarah Davies is already undercover. Jack Harmon can hack into any security system. Hannah Williams will handle surveillance. Your wife, Claire, will cover transport. And Ethan Hunt will be your point man, as usual. He is now in Kiev and will rendezvous in Prague at a safe house of your choosing. As always, should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the Secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Jim. Welcome to the James Bond Complex. My name is Matt. I am your appointment tonight. Your point man. <laughs> and I'm accompanied by our uh, team leader <laughs> or team's co commander, uh, Bill Koning of uh, Spy Command. Hi, Bill. How's it going? Hey, Matt. How, how about yourself? It's uh, Everything's going okay? I, everything's going great. I just had my birthday. The holidays are over. Uh, by the time we're posting this, it's probably going to be months since, but uh, yeah, things are good. How, how about you? Well, uh, my uh, daughter got married last year, and she's living in India, so that was a big change. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I remember you saying that she was getting married, but I didn't know she was also uh, moving to India. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, pretty big, uh, pretty big development. That's uh, yeah, indeed. Um, so I'm glad to have you uh, back on the show tonight, um, especially because you know, if, if, uh, it, I don't, I don't think we're going to do this uh, as a video feed, but um, I have uh, posted Mission Impossible behind because we're we're covering, you know, it's from filming to film and everything in between, and uh, I think the uh, the James Bond franchise. Uh, and the Mission Impossible franchise uh, have become sort of Siamese twin of the spy genre that uh, started in the, 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 the mid-60s, well, grew, exploded in the mid-60s, I feel. You're the expert, and I'm not saying that. I, 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 that's the thing that our listeners, uh, if you, you've never... Uh, if this is the first episode you, you're in with uh, uh, Bill, uh, Bill is the king of pop culture, and especially especially the subgenre of spy uh, craze, spy fiction. I, I, I don't want to put too, <laughs> too much into this, but I really like uh, listening to your, your little uh, podcast, that your little tidbits. It's always interesting. I was actually, it's interesting. It's, it's funny that uh, we're talking tonight because I was just listening to a post that you made about the, uh, the end of the 60s spy craze with uh, men from Uncle sort of ending and I Spy being canceled around the same time and James Bond franchise sort of switching actors. And Mission Impossible kept on, as a TV show, kept on going for a little while. And, you know, since we discussed the original show, it felt uh, that it was um, necessary for you to discuss its 1996 uh, big screen big screen adaptation or leap i don't know if uh, we want to call it adaptation or a translation or because it's it's quite different uh it's quite different uh and we'll get into that um well i'll just say this you know i i kind of wonder when this movie began that they were interested mostly in like the tropes like the theme music which they obviously kept, uh, 
you know, the, the kind of, oh, the hero gets the mission through a recording, that kind of stuff. But there are like some major changes and, uh, how major I didn't realize, uh, when I went to the theater to see it, <laughs> then I discovered how major it was as the movie unfolded before my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously I was not, I knew the TV show I'd seen a few episodes, but I mean, uh, spoiler alert for, for those who are listening to this episode, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, and what I'll, 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 I'll give the, uh, cause I have the novelization right on the corner. Uh, I'll give the uh, synopsis from, uh, from the, 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 from the book, the adaptation. So <clears throat> CIA special agent, Ethan Dunn and his highly skilled mission impossible force specialize in peerless last chance assignments. An expert of intrigue and a master of disguise, Ethan has never failed to bring a case to a close. Until now. Uh, their latest operation to retrieve a top secret list of undercover American agents in Europe is moving along smoothly when something goes terribly wrong and the secret government list vanishes. In a final brutal twist, Ethan himself is accused of betraying his, betraying his country. Sorry, uh, From the misty streets of pride to the windswept fields of Midwest America, Ethan Hunt's new challenge, whether or not he decides to accept it, is to unmask the real traitor and stay alive long enough to clear his name. Using all the arsenal in his possession, from high-tech toys to wits alone, he must chase down his unknown nemesis in a desperate attempt to overcome this unexpected and most deadly mission impossible. Ta -da -da, ta -da. <laughs> Yes, yes, and it's the identity of that uh, the nemesis nemesis that uh, kind of caused me oh. some issues. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I knew of Jim Phelps. I knew he was like the team leader, sort of the good guy of the original series. I I was shocked, but I imagine I imagine fans of the original series and. From what I've read, the actors were like the original actors were mad about the, that decision. To well, well, I can tell you because um, I saw it. There was a syndicated talk show here in the U.S. I think the host was Geraldo Rivera, although I'm not a hundred percent sure. But the guests were Greg Morris and Peter Lupus, who were on original cast members. Now, Peter Lupus was he was reasonably complimentary. He said it was an exciting movie and, you know, he, he was entertained. Greg Morris though was mad. He did not like it at all. He was, and he, he was having none of it. He really, really didn't like it. Now it's funny because, uh, Peter Graves who played Jim Phelps, I'm not sure he ever went public with how he felt. Uh, I, I don't remember it. I don't think I've ever seen him discuss it anywhere before. After Phil Morris until his death, never, never read or saw an interview with him. Yeah, and, and there was an occasional rumor now and then that he would make an appearance in a movie, in a Mission Impossible movie. But if there was anything to it, no, you know, it didn't happen. Uh, he passed away around 2010, I think. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, but, but yeah, I, I, we, I don't know personally what Peter Graves thought of it. I suspect he wouldn't be happy, but you know, who knows? Um, I wouldn't be happy. I wasn't happy. <laughs> I, you know what? I've, I've been for the past 20, I got the 27, 28 years since it, that movie came yeah. out. Just about. Uh, I've all, you know, I've always, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the TV show, but, you know, I know th th that character's importance in uh, sort of pop culture. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I, I have friends that never saw the original series and, to me, the twist that he's um, that he turns out the villain was—I uh, always thought it was effective. Because you know, how could you expect Jim Phelps to be? It'd be like uh, Captain Kirk is the villain of the new Star Trek movie, or Han Solo turns out to be uh, 
uh, the villain of the next uh, Star Wars movie. Like, n- nobody would ex- expect that. I thought it was a, it, it was an f- interesting twist at the cost of uh, being true to the character. Like, it's, it's it, you know, if they called him. But at the same time, why it's so shocking, it's because it's Jim Phelps. If they called him Jim Johnson, nobody would have cared. It's, they, right. And you want to say that it's graduating to, to like it, it, it's it's now a movie franchise i you know it's a ballsy i always felt there was a ballsy choice but is was it the most respectful not at all not at all that's well i'll i'll, I'll tell you um when i saw it again i didn't know it was coming you know it's like you know it was um the internet was around in those days but it wasn't as all pervasive the way it is today so I was so I went in not knowing the the twist, and then when I saw the twist, I wasn't happy, and I thought, well, if there's a sequel, I'm I'm not gonna go see it, and I did. I never. In fact, I still haven't seen. I I've not seen Mission Impossible two or three, but I did go to see the fourth one, which was Mission Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and the reason I went to see it was because Brad Bird was the director, and he had done these animated films which i liked and this was going to be his live action debut all right well it's it's his live action debut i'll go see it and then i was pleasantly surprised with the ghost protocol because they reworked two sequences from the original show i mean they were bigger and more audacious because it was a movie and all that but but i recognized i recognized them right away and i thought okay all right fine um you know you can't stay mad forever and and it was entertaining so i i guess the way i rationalized it was well this is an alternative universe it's it's a different universe than the tv show so um so i'll 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 go with it um i do remember when i first heard about it i thought okay is tom cruise gonna play uh, jim phelps then it became clear in the previews because I saw a trailer first. Oh, no, he isn't. So, um, and then as the movie unfolded, you know, um, members of the IMF, Impossible, Impossible Missions Force, get knocked off. And as, as you said with the synopsis, Ethan Hunt is blamed for it. Um, so I thought, well, that's interesting. And it looks like Jim Phelps gets killed. And I thought, well, and you know what? That didn't upset me that much because I thought, okay, they're clearing the decks to make Tom Cruise the hero of this. Uh, all right, fine. I can understand that. But then about midway through or maybe a little past midway through, Jim Phelps reemerges. He's still alive. And I was thinking, oh, I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling. And my bad feeling was confirmed <laughs> toward the climax of the movie. Like, oh, no, no. Um, anyway, but as you said, it's been almost 30 years since this came out. And, you know, when when they do a mo- decide to do a movie based on a TV show, they're not going to do it exactly the way the original creators of the tv show did it and i mean that's just the way it is they they want to put their own spin on it but i do remember thinking at the time seeing it the first time i thought that's a that's a step too far i mean i would have like you said if it had been jim johnson like you know who would have cared but uh in a way they were kind of playing with uh feelings of uh fans of the original show because you know, I mean, you need, you would probably need more than fans of the original show to go see it in the theater, but um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a big, it was, it was a big shock. And uh, I could see why Greg Morris wasn't happy <laughs> on that TV show. It's been almost 30 years and it's still, it's still shocking to, 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 to see um, uh, the way that, uh, oh, what's, his, what's his name? John Voigt plays him. He's not playing the the, the 60s version of no, uh, John no. Topsy. He looks when you see um, 
late, late in the movie, uh, you have uh, sort of Ethan reconstructing uh, the events that uh, of that evening when his team got killed, and you see, like John Voight looks like a vicious son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does, and also um, Brian De Palma is the director, and um, mm. Robert Town was one of the screenwriters. It was definitely not a straight adaptation of of the show because. As I recall, I haven't seen it in a long time, but as I recall, uh, the John Voight Phelps complains, oh, I'm only getting paid $60,000 a year. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, if you watch the show carefully, it's pretty clear that, you know, I mean, the, the team is not, it's kind of an off the books kind of thing. It's not, you know, they're, they're not. It's like a hobby. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not civil servants at all, and Phelps clearly was pretty well off. He's like living in a luxury apartment and driving big cars. You know, he drives a big car when he goes to his place to you know get the tape and listen to what the mission is. And the team members, they all had careers. You know, it's yeah, like one of them was a model, and uh... yeah, and 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 uh, another was an actor, and another either own. Electronics, electronics yeah yeah uh either had either owned it or had sold it but yeah it had founded one certainly and and it was i mean it was very much the idea was essentially the government turned to this group kind of when all else failed and uh but that also then said oh but if you get caught you know we'll disavow any knowledge of your action so um yeah i i mean Regardless of all that, though, it, you know, it, this movie was a big hit and they're still making movies uh, based on it. Now, the, the interval can be kind of long between, between installments, but um, they're still making them and there's going to be one coming out later this year, this summer. Um, yeah. Part one of two. So. Part Part one of two, but uh, yeah, you know, the, you you mentioned uh, Brian the the Palma as a director. I'm you know I re I actually did my homework and rewatched the movie twice uh, this week for this episode, uh, and I was surprised at how uh, well I'm gonna say it's Brian the the Palma esque, but it uh, Brian the Palma is a big 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 fan of uh, Hitchcock from his filmmaking. There's, there's a lot of the after shots and the way that the sequences are edited and lit i i feel it's the best looking of all the mission impossible films i know you haven't seen two or three but based on what you've seen uh what do you think about the it's a it's director in the cinematography well it's, it's funny you mentioned about uh de palma and his uh uh how, how much he clearly likes hitchcock um uh, here in the States, Saturday Night Live did a parody uh, about De Palma. This is like 40 years ago. This is a long time ago. Um, so they did a parody called The Clams, which was you know, clearly, you know, Brian De Palma's The Clams. And it was clearly a ripoff of the birds and how in the birds, you know, all these birds gather uh, on a... Uh, swings not swing set but you know on, on these swing set whatever you know you know something for children and so but instead in the parody it's like clams gather on the <laughs> on the swing set oh, and and i mean and de palma did a number of movies that were clearly inspired by hitchcock there was one God, i can't remember the name of it, it was in the 70s it was clearly inspired by vertigo i know the star was cliff robertson um i have bagels in my brand the palm was uh, yeah so i realized that when i was prepping I'm like oh i haven't seen that i haven't seen that and I've seen, yeah i've seen um the untouchables i've seen fam yes. and of course everyone in my age group uh saw uh, uh scarface at one point but um yeah i haven't seen no, I'm sure I've seen the, the 70s movie uh, Phantom of the Paradise, but I don't know if I've seen that completely. I don't think I've seen Carrie completely either. I think of it. Yeah. 
but I don't know what the what the movie you're talking. I know who Cliff Robertson is. That's Uncle Ben. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, late in his career, he played Uncle Ben. Um, anyway, whatever this movie was, it was clearly inspired by Vertigo. And, uh, you know, I haven't actually seen the movie. I just remember it, the advertisements for it. And then reading reviews where everybody talked about how similar it was to uh, Vertigo. So, um, and like I say, with that one parody, they were like, make a lot of fun of that <laughs> so anyway and uh, i know that they uh they shot in prague they shot the uh sort of the the big gal at the beginning of the movie the uh, it's the same location as uh in casino royale near the end when the uh, the, the hotel that they're, they're visiting they're exiting from in venice it the stairway it's actually the same location the the, the, the use if you go there i don't know what the location is, is called so you have to google it but uh you can actually the two uh spy movie location at the same place yes uh, yes I, I i love everything in prague i i feel is just gorgeous and it feels uh it looks like the most 60s um spy film ever uh i, I just love the the cloak and cloak and dagger feel the way some of the the shots he's, he loves some of the um uh, crooked angle and I, I, uh, dutch angle i think it's called he, yes he loves using those um well there is a scene in mission impossible where it's uh takes place the scene takes place like on a bridge it's kind of foggy and um like i said robert town was a screenwriter of this movie and anyway town had written a first season episode of the man from uncle that oh. took place on a bridge where it was foggy and i was really struck by how similar in appearance it looked now Brian De Palma had nothing to do with the man from uncle. And I don't know if uh, Robert town was like recalling what he had written decades earlier, but you know, and maybe it's just coincidence, but boy, that the similarities in the appearance of that scene struck me anyway. So, um, but you know, a lot of people wouldn't care, but you know, it's like, that's I, a, care. Yeah, I, I, that's very interesting. I didn't know that Robert town, not only the, the he wrote the first mission movie, he apparently wrote an episode of uh, uh, the, the Man the from, Uncle. from Uncle. Yeah, it's called the Dove Affair. It's uh, the twelfth episode of the first season. That's that's why we bring you on the show for that kind of <laughs> really uh, uh, genius. Uh, okay, I mean, I can know. I know some of the creators of TV shows sometimes, but now. Picking up the writer and the episode of a press mo it's Robert Town. Like he, he's a pretty famous. Didn't he write um, Chinatown? He did. He won and he won an Oscar for it. And uh, he always used that uh, that script to teach uh, filmmaking, uh, film screenwriting. Um, I have I, I had books, and they were all talk, always talking about. Chinatown. I still haven't seen that movie. But uh, I know that Robert Town wrote it. Yeah, he's uh, he's still with us. Uh, he's pretty old now, but uh, yeah, he's still with us, and he's very well regarded uh, screenwriter. So, well, let me just go back a little bit about Mission Impossible. So, you know, I was a fan of the original show, and so I saw that they were going to be doing a movie, and Tom Cruise is going to be the star, and. I thought, okay, this is interesting. And then I saw that Brian De Palma was directing and Robert Town was writing. And I believe Danny Elfman was doing the music. Yeah. Um, so, all right, this sounds, this sounds like a pretty big deal. Um, again, for me, the question was, well, okay, is this a continuation? Is it a reboot? You know, are they totally starting over? You know, but, in any case, it was when I saw the first trailer, like, okay, uh, Tom Cruise is not playing Jim Phelps, so I guess so. I guess they're starting over. But then we had the whole business with uh, Phelps being the 
<laughs> ultimately being the bad guy like ah. but it is it is very well made i have to admit it it was very exciting you know i could see why i could definitely see why it was popular why it did pretty good box office um you know i mean did they really have to make phelps the bad guy well you know they did so in you know not you know unless you get into it unless you can invent a time machine go back and change uh they're not gonna they're not gonna change it um but uh you know i, I by reading the novelization um sort of you know i quickly uh scanning his wikipedia brian Palmer's wikipedia page uh the the character of his wife uh claire um she it's never stated clearly in either the book or the movie but you know he shoots her at the end of, of the movie when it's clear that she 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 doesn't want him to kill uh, ethan hunt so he despite them not having like consummated their relationship he feels uh, jealous and ki he kills her uh but she almost feels because um the book uh makes a point that he, until he met his wife he never really considered the retiring or and it's clearly that since she became a part of his life that's when he, it feels like she was a bad influence on jim phelps mm. yeah and, I'm, I'm like, oh, there could be a reading where she is the ultimate bad guy. Because when, when uh, th it turns out the knock list that they stole is a fake, she goes back to sort of coach Ethan, uh, sort of coach Ethan Hunt. And um, the guy that, um, played by Jean Renaud Kriegler, uh, she brought him on the team and he's, he's, he's part of their own the, the, the third mission impossible team uh, uh that you can sort of surmise of a three-person team you have claire you have jim and you have krieger who are actually stealing the the list well the the original team is supposed to get it back and there's a team that's spying on the first team it is sort of a uh, little bit <laughs> messy but yeah she she she, she is um, sort of the motivation for and you know, she, she's uh, also sort of, there's a uh, Edekin complex almost deal because he, in countries as in his early movies, he's always uh, butting ends against parental figures. And that's, it's part of his, uh, his theme, I guess, uh, his career at, at that point. Um, and he was doing that in the, in Top Gun, he was doing that in, uh, what's the one with Paul Newman, The Color of Money? Yes, yes. So, and Brian De Palma, from what I read, his parents were, his father was cheating on his mother, and it's Brian De Palma himself who sort of, uh, because he was a, sort of a tech whiz as a, as a child, managed to get the pictures of the, his father having an affair to help sort of his mother during the, 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 the divorce procedure. And I'm, I, I, when I read them, like, there's a... That, that, there's echoes of that i feel like in, in michelle impossible yeah it's really i, I didn't bizarre. know about that <laughs> i i only learned it recently and i'm like yeah. I, I went to wikipedia uh, it's, it's more or less i'm probably paraphrasing the details but i'm like oh my god that's it, it's a it's you know he's done plenty of uh studio picture that's that's obviously a studio picture but it feels a little bit more personal for that that deal there's something you know that he's processing through a mission impossible movie it's it's very uh it's very interesting because he's he's in love with his mom tom cruise in that movie he could, you could see it that he's in love with yeah his mom. well also this was an important movie in hindsight for cruise as well because he was transitioning to be a producer as well as a star he wanted to get more uh control over his career i guess and how he how he i i don't know the ins and outs of how he happened to decide on mission impossible as the way to do that but obviously it worked out pretty well for him because they've done what was it six movies 
Yeah, six movies so far with, you know, like I say, number seven coming out this year and number eight coming out in 2024. Um, you know, one thing, though, like I said, I, I said earlier, they were kind of going for the tropes and not necessarily really that concerned about a faithful adaptation of the show. And one way it shows in, in this movie is that you know, Ethan Hunt not only is like the, the planner and he's also the disguise guy because you know, early he does on, everything. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's like he doesn't need and, a team. He just needs people to, to 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 carry him. Yeah. Now, in more recent Mission Impossible movies, there's more of a team feel, but but not really in this movie at all. No, um, no, and the, the the first three are, I you know, I I. I you know, I, as a curiosity, I would say it's worth looking at two and three. Uh, if you're curious before seeing the new one, if you haven't seen them, they're not, you know, I like all of them for different reasons. I don't go to the movies with expectation. I accept the movie as it is because the second movie is is bug nuts. If you haven't, you probably heard about it. Uh, you know, it's a John Woo movie, so expect uh, doves and slow motion and uh, crazy, like people flying action. But it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. It's different. It's a, they're 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 not, they're not trying to do a Brian. He's not trying to do the Brian De Palma uh, movie at all. But it's kind of fun. And the sec the third one, I feel uh, there was an attempt to bring it closer to the TV. Uh, show a bit. It feels. It feels. You know, it's from J.J. Abrams, and it feels very. You know, when I watch this movie, it feels like it's a seventh season series finally, or cliffhanger. It feels TV to me. Um, I much prefer like. I I don't want to say which one's my favorite on on the first show for the our Mission Impossible series, but. Uh, uh, I, I I still like all of them. That's a that's my spoiler. But I I would recommend that you uh, you visit uh, the, the two and three. Even though. have you seen the other ones, five and six? Uh, yes, uh, yes. So so once Ghost Protocol came out, I said, all right, I'll I'll go to see them. And so I saw five and six, and um, five was very impressive, and and so was six. It it's it's funny in the in these last few they become known mostly for their audacious stunts and for him meaning tom cruise doing a lot of his stunts like in ghost protocol he's you know actually scaling this building in the middle east i'm um, concerned for his health when i see him do, do those things i'm like that guy has a death wish I'm, he's I'm, crazy he's nuts he's you know it's just now, I mean, I'm sure there's safety equipment that we can't see. I mean, God, you hope so. I, I, um, I hope so because. But but at the same time, he, you know, I mean, well, like the most recent one, you know, he did a halo jump, high altitude, low opening jump, and you know, I mean, he really did do it, and. God, you know, and then, and, and also he did this thing. It was, it was shown for this, uh, uh, convention of theater owners and where he's like, you know, on top of a biplane and he's talking, he's talking <laughs> loud and, and like, Oh my God, this guy's nuts. And, um, man, I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. well, and, and 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 it's also funny because I know uh, James Bond fans get really annoyed because well, he's just copying James Bond films. Yeah, he's he's he, okay. I'll, I'll we'll concede that. But like on this movie that's come out later this year, there's this motorcycle jump off a cliff. <laughs> And you know, which is similar to Goldeneye and all that. Yeah. But 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 you know, but Pierce Brosnan didn't go over, over that cliff, and you know, Tom Cruise is going over that cliff, and also with the advancements with like drones and uh, 
miniature cameras that have taken place since GoldenEye. You know, there are angles, there are ways of, of filming this that weren't available during GoldenEye. So the it, it becomes more apparent just how dangerous the the stunt is. Um, yeah, you know. I saw I saw I saw that that clip where I explained the explained that that motorcycle jump, and it's just they they I I mean probably five years ago they couldn't have made that shot, and now it's like it's it's it's, it's almost made by a computer entirely by a computer, but it's it's filmed in real life with drones. It's uh, captivating. See, when I saw that, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, wow, we're we're there. We're really we're making movies with robots now. Yeah, uh, little drones that are filming. Um, but you know, uh, speaking of Mission Possible, not only the first one, but the TV show. I it's I've noticed because I bought, like I said, um, I bought the box set of the first uh, seven seasons. I'm only at season one, and to be honest, I'm I I I wanted to be done with season one um, before this 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 recording, and I'm almost done. Think I'm I've won this cliff, but. I, it's very very repetitive it does some, some yeah some, some of the plus i'm like oh that's what what i like are the guest stars there's one uh it's in the first couple of episodes it's not lloyd bridges shows up as a uh as sort of a, a criminal that's sort, yes. sort of in hiding i love that episode and i love their place that's the the place they have some some of them one of them in the first few episodes they they used for uh the, the the late the mission mission possible uh, fallout where they, there's a guy that thinks there's a terrorist attack that happened but it hasn't happened so they, they sort of coerce him to tell them information uh, thinking that the information he's giving them is worthless but no they they, they, they tricked him that was that sort of that's an episode of the, the original series and. Uh, I, I was, you know, I was googling uh, what's I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays uh, Briggs in the first season, Stephen and Hill. He did a movie with Tom Cruise. He's in uh, the firm. He's oh, the, right. I was like, well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a couple years before I did Mission Impossible, and I I feel like the character of Briggs when you watch the show. First off, he's not in many of the episodes. <laughs> Because he's, yeah, he he was uh, because he had because of his religious belief he was not yeah. allowed. Yeah, it turned out they they fired him because of that. Uh, yeah, because um, he had it written into his contract that he would leave work at sundown on Friday, and in those days, you to do a weekly hour long TV show, you pretty much had to work five and six days, and this created a lot of problems and so scripts were rewritten so as a result there are some episodes where briggs is like barely in it uh like he gets the mission and then like he sends, like sends the other guys on their way say okay take care of it you, you know the plan i'll mm -hmm. see you when you get back um i'm being facetious there but it's does i don't say yeah, yeah. no no it's entirely true i i i I can testify. If I was in the court of law, I would say that entire, there, there, in, in fact, there is one episode, just one, where Barbara Bain goes gets the mission. You don't even see Briggs in it at all. You don't even see him get the mission. Um, but uh, yeah, and so what happened was, so they had to start rewriting scripts. And so originally, Martin Landau, as, as Roland Hand, who was the actor, who was the Skies guy, um, he originally was only supposed to be in a few because he didn't want to do a show. He didn't do, want, want to do a series. Bruce Geller, who was the creator of the show, was the executive producer, was a friend of his. He wrote him in the pilot, said, well, you know, just do the pilot for me, and you know, we'll bring you back every so often as a guest star. But so they, they started rewriting scripts and started bringing uh, Martin Landau in a lot. And, and, and um, yeah, so that's, that's just some background. When Peter Graves came aboard in season two, uh, that was no longer an issue. And he was, you know, uh, Phelps was much more of a participant 
in the in the scams um, than Briggs was. You know, Phelps was both the mastermind and a participant. So that's yeah. uh, Briggs is, uh, but I, you know, he has uh, personality wise, he seems more like a heat and aunt than uh, Jim Phelps. He's much more involved. When you see him, there's a there, there's a couple of episodes where he, he gets angry, and I'm like, oh, that's that's that Ethan Ethan uh, gets gets angry and loses control. Well, not loses control, but get gets upset, and it's yeah. The, you've never seen me really upset. Um, <laughs> quote from the movie. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, it, it it sets a precedent also for them to replace the lead for the movie. I can see why. Like, I guess Tom Cruise must have been a fan of the show when he was a kid, because um, there's you know there's not that many similarities, but there are there are elements that that like you said there they are sort of uh, schemes or uh, cons that they pull on in the movies that are lifted from the TV show. Right. In the I I can't say about the first one because I, I if there is a plot it's not in the first season uh, elements, uh, but. If there is one I haven't seen yet, uh, maybe I will eventually uh, be able to tell you that they stole that from that episode 16 of episode season three. I'm not there yet, <laughs> but it's a, it's interesting. Like the character of Ethan Hunt, and it's by reading the novelization. And w one of the movies, there's some that he has a superpower that I only noticed. When I, I, I whether I was it's in the first movie and it's clearly in uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. He has eidetic memory, uh, which is perfect. You know, it's perfect recall. And in the first movie, there's a, a detail uh, that you you pick up on it uh, later in the movie. Um, he notices the knife that uh, Jean Reno uses to kill uh, what's her name, the, the actress. Mm -hmm. Is is uh, not not another another Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas when he, he, he like it's a special knife with a plastic handle and he's like uh, and John has the same the same type of knife when they're doing their little CIA bunker infiltration and when at, at the end of the movie when he's sort of recounting the uh, what happened uh, in that that night it was a Mission Impossible theme like that's when he sort of. Like you see it, you see it without being said or told. But in missions five, Rogue Nation, at one point he has a, a computer filled with codes with bank accounts that he just reads five seconds and he memorized because of his superpower of eidetic memory. But it's never said out loud. But he's obviously has that ability. I found that uh, fascinating that it's never been said, but it's a uh, sort of a Cool superpower to have, like, 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 it's always a card you can pull out. Oh, he remembers because he's got perfect recall. I know yeah. you can't say anything, but the, sorry, I just had to bring that tidbit of information. I found it fascinating. Um, but it, like the first movie is uh, I, speaking of the cast, it has uh, the the the, the, the cast. Uh, French actress. It has uh, obviously lots of American actors, but you've got Jean Reno, Vanessa Redgrave, and uh, with Vanessa Redgrave, um, in this most recent movie, there was a character who was supposed to be Vanessa Redgrave's daughter. So yeah, they uh, were, they yeah. So they were actually, you know, putting a, a connection to the first. I think film a, in the series. I think there's another connection. I think it's in. Uh, is it in? I think it's Ghost Protocol, where he goes to meet sort of a, a arms dealer, and apparently it's the same guy, and he he puts a mask on his face, and it's the same mask that he wears in the first Mission Impossible movie when he meets uh, Max. Uh, that might I think something something that Jason might have brought up uh, when we're we're talking about movies uh, on our. our on our Facebook uh, chat, but yeah, there there, there are now references to previous films, and apparently, what's his name from uh, Mission One? Uh, uh, oh God, I'm gonna uh, the, the sort of the CIA director. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Oh. Uh, Kittredge. 
Victor yeah. just back. Finally. Yeah. After all this time, he's back. Um, but I, I, I actually like that actor. He's got a great voice and he plays the sort of a corporate or spook uh, politician. Like he's, I think he plays a similar role in one of the, the, the Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan movies, Some of All Fears or... It's, no, it's not that true. It's, it's Some of All Fears where he's sort of uh, uh, scheming against Harrison Ford and he plays sort of a... Similar slime ball, screed for slime ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me ask you, Matt. Um, how would you grade the grade this movie? You've seen it uh, twice recently. Um, you you've had a chance to reevaluate it. How 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 good do you think it is? Um, you know, from from uh, let's give it from uh, one to ten. Ten being uh, like the best, uh, one of the best movies of all time. I'd say, you know what, it's 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 definitely not a not a, a ten. Uh, nine would be uh, exaggerated. Even an eight, I would say between the seven seven point five. I, I I feel it's fairly interesting. It's fairly funny. You know what, I'd be seven point five because I really I like the, the cinematography and I I love that score by Danny Elfman. I have it on vinyl because um, it's the cool vinyl two colors um red and green for the explosive yeah. green light yeah, I, red light. I mean i haven't seen it recently so i can't give a, a a firm grade like that but you know technically it's it's pretty well made it's uh you know it gets your attention you you know you, you don't you don't get bored with it you know it's it's not too long the way no, it doesn't wear over it's welcome yeah. How would you rate it? Yeah, it's just like I say, I, I have, you know, even to this day, I, I have a little bit of trouble evaluating it just because I'm still annoyed about Jim Phelps being the being the villain. But um, you know, it it like I say, I, I my my, uh, my rationalization is it's a it's an alternative universe from the show. So it's Jim the other Jim Phelps, even yeah. brother. That's right, the bad Jim Phelps. Yeah, <laughs> they're both called Jim Phelps because their parents were, uh, yeah, not very creative. Uh, right, right. Same father, different mom. So yeah, same. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically, it, it's you know, it, it's it's it was a very well made movie. It, um, and I can see why there were sequels don't have it in front of me i mean like i say they you know the the sequels came out at very irregular intervals uh they've come out a little bit more often in the last 10 to 12 years than they had the first but uh you know it's uh in when i went to see ghost protocol i was you know i was definitely into it and uh you know i i it was funny. It seemed like they were kind of like paving the way for Cruz to leave the series in Ghost Protocol. But then like, you know, because like, well, he might, you know, he might, this might be his last mission and maybe he hands it off to somebody else. But like, nah, nah, it's just. <laughs> that's mine. That's mine. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I, I do believe there were rumors like they were bringing the Jeremy Renner character as a replacement. He's been you know, he was the replacement Jason Bourne at one point. He's he's always sort of the B side on those acts. Like yeah, in the Avengers, he's he's not the best Avengers. Um, he's always I, he's a great actor, and I wish him well because he got the hurt during the holidays uh, pretty badly. But he's uh, he's a working actor. He's Oscar nominated, so he's gonna be able to work for the rest of his life uh, and make uh, money, even if he, whatever happens with his injuries. Uh, but in retrospect, I'm like, he, he's not like the act, like he, he's not Tom Cruise. I, he, right. Yeah, there's, um, I once saw this, this was something that uh, Sidney Pollack said, it was on a TV show, he said, you know, there's this conceit among actors. Any actor can play any role. And, you know, in, in Pollock, it started out as an actor. And he said, 
that's not true. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and he was he was actually doing an introduction to a movie on TCM. Uh, it was a movie with Gary Cooper, and he said, you know, be honest, like Gary Cooper is probably one of the few people could do a role like this. And he was saying that was true in movies more generally. And so like Jeremy, you know, like with Jeremy's case, you know, like, you know, he's obviously an accomplished actor. He can, he can, he can do it, but for whatever reason, he's not a star and being a star and being a good actor aren't necessarily the same thing. Um, Cruz, meanwhile, is a star and, you know, Cruz generates in t at times intensely mixed reactions and some of it has to do with uh scientology and and things like that but uh and he is a really quirky guy you know there's no question about that either but uh, but whatever it takes to be a star he's got it and uh i you know, appreciate his dedication uh, yeah uh, that's the thing you you can't yeah, like you can criticize his, his religious belief. You can criticize some of the things uh, and things he said or done, but his dedication to film. There was the that rent that he did uh, when they were shooting the the most the current the most current uh, film about when they because somebody broke the COVID protocols. And I mean, I honestly I was listening to him. I'm like, if, if there's a controversy, I don't see it because he's entire. I am entirely in his camp. No, right. Good. I was like, yeah. If I, if I, uh, I, uh, as a boss, he's entirely right. He's producing the movies. He's, uh, he's involved, and you know, uh, they're trying. They were trying to prove that they could make a movie under uh, COVID protocols. And well, and, and when he did that Halo jump in the most recently released film, you know, he had to do a bunch of training for that for this uh, motorcycle jump off the cliff. For the upcoming film, he had to do a bunch of training for that. Pilots in an helicopter, all for real. In the yeah, it's insane. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's like what whatever you think about him, he's he's clearly dedicated, and um, and even when he's doing that promo for the theater owners, where he's on top of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> God <laughs> Almighty! I'm sorry. I'm a Bond fan, but you know what? My heart is big. I can. I love the Mission Impossible franchise just as much. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not apologizing for that. I. My, my heart is big enough for that. And yeah, you know, it's it's it, it's. I compare that to Marvel and DC. And Marvel and DC, they they're not com. Yes, there's competition, but competition makes you improve yourself so i i built i'm you know why they cast aliberry and diary is 100 percent uh related to uh tendy newton being in the second mission impossible movie and so they, they they've always there's a i wouldn't say uh it's a friendly rivalry rivalry between the two franchises and probably the fandom but uh, as a fan of both i don't care it's like star trek and star wars the, the except for the word star in the title it's right they're 100 different things but you know they they have uh, similar fans and I, i'm not surprised to hear that that people uh complain about uh tom cruise and but you know there's room for both and Jesus Christ! I I want the next Bond actor to be as crazy as Tom Cruise and be as dedicated, and probably a, a more um, I wouldn't say physically able, but uh, more. I feel like Daniel can get to hurt because he's not as coordinated as Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, but remember, Tom Cruise broke his ankle on the most True. recent movie. It's and 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 that shot's in the film. Oh, that I mean, looks it, painful. That it, looks yeah, you can tell. Like, ouch. Um, yeah, it, it's it's um, you know, it's the kind of thing that makes uh, studio executives queasy. I suspect. Uh, <laughs> Especially when they're 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 playing, they they have to make plans for his insurance. They're like, how much is it gonna cost them this time? Oh my god, can, can yeah. we use a green screen this time? Can can, can we use CGI him on on the stuntman space? <laughs> well, well, well. Just a quick mention about Goldeneye. Um, 
you know, Goldeneye, you know, had the thing with the, the plane flew off the cliff and, you know, it was a stuntman followed it on a motorcycle over the cliff. And I remember at the time, you know, before the movie came out, I'd heard that they had tried to film it so that, you know, you could see the stuntman catch up to the plane, but they couldn't do it because of physics. <laughs> and, and, and so they ended up doing green screen or whatever with Pierce Brosnan catching up to it. And you could tell, I mean, it was still an exciting. Really? You can yeah, tell. Yeah. yeah, you could tell. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. But, um, but it wasn't for lack of effort. It was just they couldn't, for whatever reason, they couldn't do it. Now we'll see, because you know, all, we, all we've seen from this uh, preview of, of Mission Impossible, we've seen him go over the go for the cliff we haven't seen what happens after that but uh it's fun that you see sometimes you see uh stunts they've done in bond franchise redone but like with in that case almost 30 years of added technology and abilities that they didn't have they didn't have drones and you know it's gonna be interesting to see how it looks there's also a stunt in the dark night dark night rises where there's a a plane catching another plane is sort of holding yeah. it to license to kill. I, I, I don't mind doing that, but you know what? They, now the Bond team should redo. You know what they do? They need to suspend James Bond and have him have him steal from a computer in some uh, in a silent sequence. Uh, they need to steal from 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 Mission Possible. Uh, interestingly enough, I found out that the uh, the, the train sequence was actually the first thing they shot and they were still reworking the, the script. Because I think David Kep wrote the original draft, but uh, either Cruz or Dupin was like, no, that's not, that's not working. And they were re like, Robert Tone was brought on to, to write uh, the rest of the script. But for a sequence shot in 1996 that involves a lot of green screen, you haven't seen it uh, for this recording, but I did twice. It looks damn good for a thing shot in 1996. The scenes, you know, don't show as much as you'd expect for for, for something that uh, of that period where like green screen was like me and CGI was me. It's it's impressive. Yeah, yeah, right. And and the sequence, you know, the train where uh, Phelps meets his demise is uh, it's. Pretty good too. Uh, like, I hope you didn't cry. I hope you didn't cry. Uh, no, I didn't cry. I was I was totally uh, numb by that point. But uh, it, well, well, he's a villain, so of course he's going to meet his demise. Um. It's exciting when he leaps on the helicopter, and uh, Cruz is on the right side, Phelps is on the left side. So if you, by visual language, it's the past to the future, and Tom Cruise is the future of the franchise, left to right. Uh, and then the mute, the team kicks in, so the, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very exciting moment and sequence, and, and, and it explodes, and Tom Cruise is flung on that on that train. Um, well, it is ironic. I saw this on social media. It was a, a photo from 1987. It was like the 75th anniversary of Paramount. And it was a photo taken outside the main gates of Paramount in, in LA. And it was like all these actors who had been in movies and TV shows. And anyway, um, uh, Peter Graves is on the left side of this group shot tom cruise is on the right so, the, so they are in the same photo um obviously there was no way for them to know uh about mission impossible uh movies back then but uh, it's 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 interesting it's a footnote to all this actually but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna google that picture when we're done with this recording but it's uh you know it's interesting that they never brought You'd, you'd expect them to bring a cameo from the, uh, one of the original star in one of those movies. Now most of them have passed. I mean, right. Uh, of, of the original cast, there's only two left, uh, and that's Barbara Bain and Peter Lupus. Um, there are some people from the later seasons who are only in the later seasons, the most prominent of which would be uh, uh, a clean-shaven Sam Elliott. 
he was in season five. Um, Linda of Day the of the original series of the original show. Yeah, he was like in his mid twenties uh, at the time. I can't um, wait to get to that uh, that season, but yeah, it was yeah, and and then in season six and seven, you have uh, Linda Day George. Uh, she's in her mid seventies now, but uh, uh, she played a character named Casey, and she became the uh, she was the uh, disguised person in the last two seasons. Um, oh. Well, well, just to sum up, because uh, we gone here a little over an hour yeah um, um if you haven't seen mission impossible 1996 it's worth your time uh you do kind of need to separate it from the tv show i didn't when i saw it and um one of these days i'll i'll see it again you know like you I need said, to re revisit it i feel like uh, yeah i do I, I i do because like i said i i've seen the last three movies and enjoyed them a lot uh again you know it's it's an alternative universe you know just look at it that way it's you, you could get by they are very well made and and they are giving the bond pictures a run for their money and you know now bond fans don't necessarily want to hear that and but i think a lot of it goes back to what you just said um during the Craig era, the Bond movies got really morose, and especially this last one. Like, uh, um, whereupon the the Cruise Mission Impossible movies, did they crib some stuff from Bond films in terms of action sequences? Well, sure, but you know, Bond movies have cribbed from other movies too. So it's like, you know, don't 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 throw a brick from the you know you're in a glass house don't throw a brick through it um um you know uh, yeah i mean they they are fun and uh although the last one was a little long i'm wondering how long this this one that's coming out here in 2023 is going to be but we'll see um but yeah it's 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 they're definitely worth seeing and even if you want to, if you're a Bond fan and you just want to look at it in an analytical way, well, what's what's all the hubbub about? Well, it's that's as good a place to start as any. I mean, uh, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Uh, you have to divorce yourself. If you're a fan of the original TV show, divorce yourself of that show. If you're revisiting it. Uh, watch it as it as its own thing. It's it's an uh, alternative world. It's uh, uh, it's not the same. Jim Top's uh, younger, dumber brother. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's it's not you know the same. Uh, and this you're gonna have a good time. Like, uh, I feel like for the and it's a precise job. The spy action adventure job it's one of the better films because it's just flashy enough and just spy and cloak and dagger enough it's a mix of both that uh it's just dumb enough for the masses and it's not it's not taking taylor soldier spies because that for, for, for the uninitiated and uh the uh the people expecting uh, james bond tinker taylor soldier spy is is, is, is not for you but it's it's, it's close it's 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 a perfect blend i find uh more than most of the bond franchises films where they're they're rarely uh very cloak and dagger ish uh this one has uh there's a lot of uh low-tech spike gadgets in one point he he sort of breaks um uh, a light bulb uh and crushes it puts it under a door uh sort of unswitches uh, a light bulb so that when um, somebody enters, they're gonna make noise while trying, trying to find their keys, and it's gonna wake them up, alert them to their presence. He's got tons of little low-tech tricks like that, which I appreciate. But yeah, uh, it's, to me, it's a recommend, high, highly recommended film. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, that, I think we're done. Um, yeah, before I, I tell our listeners where they can find us, where can they find you on the internet, Bill? Uh, 
the blog, the spy command blog is at hmssweblog.wordpress.com. Uh, down the right side, I have links to other sites of mine. I have a man from uncle episode guide. I have an episode guide for a TV show from the sixties and seventies called the FBI. I've got another couple of uh, websites and you can see the links at the spy command. And get you your podcast also plug the podcast well i do uh well I'll, yes i do uh I, I i do audio versions of spy command posts so you can get those on uh, spotify or uh apple podcasts that's all i get my entertainment i need to i need to hear your voice every once in a while <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, most, I, mean, I mostly record them myself if it's like late at night i might ha have the robo voice to it but i mostly record them myself those are my favorites when it's your voice when it's the robo voice i'm like ah she's, oh no she's Just not as tired. sexy <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you don't uh, already know uh, we are on anchor.fm uh, at the, the jamesbondcomplex.com on facebook on Insta on instagram uh, you can like our show subscribe to it on any uh platform of your choice whether it's spotify google apple podcast uh subscribe give us a five star glowing gun review and if you have any bad comments send them edgar's way um on this twitter page all right uh so uh with that i'll uh, will the mission the mission is complete uh we'll see you uh, uh you know on for the uh, the combo deviation, whenever I, I I'm convinced the guys to do it, I'll bring you back for combo. But <laughs> <laughs> take care, Bill. Take Bye. care, Matt. Enjoyed it. Bye.